Sam, I literally am so excited to be sitting down recording because it has been, I think, two weeks since we last recorded, right? Yeah, I think you're pretty, pretty spot on. (laughs) Yeah, I know this makes no difference for the people who are listening because, you know, we were on top of it, (laughs) but yeah. Feels wild that we're finally sitting down after such a long time. And that's because you went on vacation. Yeah. I <laughs> safe to say I'm happy to be back in the swing of things. So I, I'm really excited. Well, that is true. I mean, people often say, like, what, that you need a vacation from your vacation when you get back? <laughs> exactly. Which is why we so- took off an extra day after our vacation saying that we were still on vacation so that we oh get, that's so, so we good genius everyone take note you yeah. know take that extra day <laughs> oh that's hilarious i mean yeah i missed you like crazy and i was like i'm gonna try to refrain from talking about podcast stuff because you know she should be enjoying her time but i'm so glad that we're back recording <laughs> okay that makes me happy Yay! Um, Okay, but for real though, with this whole Attack on Titan fight scene coming up, didn't you feel like you were watching a straight up MMA fight or something? Like with Aaron in fight mode? Yeah, no freaking joke. I felt like this entire thing was just like, grapple, grapple, grapple. (laughs) Break apart. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Grapple, (laughs) grapple, grapple. (laughs) I know. And And then like, and throwing some inner monologuing, you know, I just was yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is driving me insane in the best way. It was so good. <laughs> oh, um, oh, everyone, this is a little bit weebish. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know who we are by now. I'm Megan yeah. and, you know, I'm- this is Sam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am Sam. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sam, I am. Um, but yeah, so you know who we are, you know that this is where we chat about the anime we like and we happen to like Attack on Titan. Um, today's episode, we're going to cover, um, season two, episodes seven through nine, or if you're watching from a place that counts up, that's episodes 32 through 34, if I did my math correctly. I, so, I think you did. <laughs> okay, sweet. Yes, I'm a comms major, so numbers are sometimes dicey. <laughs> Even the bookkeeper accountant. Um, yeah, I numbers are dicey for me too. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone. So if you watch those three episodes, welcome. Um, but if you have not. I mean, you gotta you gotta watch the anime. Otherwise, we're not held accountable for any spoilers. We just, you know, give in the show. <laughs> exactly. We we are trying to give you a heads up. So pause those if you need to, and then come back. Yes, coming back is the most important step. Is is key. Yes. <laughs> But okay, let's just dive right into uh, the episode number seven. It's called Close Combat. And Sam, why don't you give us our quick little summary? Okay, so like we just said, the 
pretty much the entire episode is the grappling fight between Reiner and uh, Aaron. Bertholdt is on the wall and I couldn't tell. I think that it was just like his torso and up. Am, am I wrong in saying that? Uh, yeah. Or was that? Okay. Yeah, it was his okay. torso. Because I think he was just like on top of the wall. I don't know why he didn't have his second half there. But yeah, I think it was just his torso up. Okay. So yeah, he's just he's just sitting there on the wall. Um, <laughs> he has a little bit of confrontation or some, yeah, confrontation with some of the scouts that are on the wall. But he ends up letting off steam and kind of decomposing his Titan body very, very slowly uh, to keep the others away. He's kind of using that as like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Aaron also has some flashbacks about Reiner and about how he talked about how Reiner talked about being honorable and just portraying this honorable scout, um, as well as his time with the sparring lessons that he has with Annie. She seems to teach him a lot about taking advantage of your opponent's weaknesses. And in this case, it's kind of uh, Reiner's speed and his agility kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Aaron ends up utilizing Annie's teachings to the point where he has Reiner pinned at the pinned with him and ready to rip him apart. Um, but just as that happens, Reiner lets out a yell, which signals Bertolt to have his Titan form fall from the wall. And then it cuts to black. Oh, that was so good. The whole thing was so freaking good um to me sam this really the theme to me was just the end of a friendship or brotherhood to complete and total enemies like literally within a fraction of a second it all tumbled apart yeah um anything that they'd built no longer existed in Aaron's mind or in the scout's mind um that's really what spoke to me in the entire episode no I think that's a really good point and I think that it's interesting that Attack on Titan is doing this because usually you see like enemies turn to friends and it's like a reconciliation right and it's the complete opposite where they're starting out as friends and then you see this really deep connection because even though we've only been watching attack on Titan for two seasons, like this has been years that they have been together. They've trained together and then they've joined the scouts together. They've joined, like they've been in similar situations or at least Aaron thought that they had been in similar situations. And then you just see it fall apart and it's really devastating because you've grown to like, like these guys together you know as like this friendship exactly and you have seen Rhina go out of his way to save his friends like literally Mm -hmm. from being killed and you know and helping Aaron with his ODM gear and like really putting Aaron you know under his wing and it's just like all of that just feels so fake or or manipulative or just like not real and one-sided you know and it's really really sad how 
how it just completely changes everything for Aaron. So, like, when they're first falling over, you know, Rhina, he grabs Aaron and then Rhina, Mm -hmm. you know, bites his hand and they're falling down. You know, they make it to the ground in their Titan forms and Aaron just goes, Rhina, you lying piece of shit. Going off on what it means to be a soldier. You always talked about honor. Played us all for fools, huh? Combat training must have been a joke to you. How much were you holding back? And here I took you for a real stand-up guy. Calm under pressure. Intensely focused. The sort of man who puts his comrades before himself. Damn you. I'd... I'd have given anything in this world to be half as strong as you. You were my hero. And you know what they say about heroes. Don't meet them. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, like, you can hear how how much, like, how high of a pedestal Aaron put Rhina in. Like, it truly yeah. was, like... He was his hero, kind of like a big brother, like really the kind of person that Aaron wanted to be. And you can just feel how how upset he is by this falsehood, how he's literally the opposite of what he thought Rhino was. Yeah, and I think that, that this kind of answers the question as to why Aaron is so hurt and why he turned on Reiner so quickly. I mean, this, Over this Annie monologue. Over Annie in comparison. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, I think that he just, he puts so much hope and he truly, truly t- trusted Reiner. And so I think that he felt doubly betrayed. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, in comparison yep. with Annie, like... Yeah, she, he didn't think much about her, and so he's, like, kind of taken aback, but there wasn't as much investment on Aaron's side into who Annie is versus Reiner, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes complete and total sense. I can see why, I can see why Aaron would take it so harshly and just turn that quickly, um, mm-hmm. Especially yeah. because I I feel like also because it doesn't come out of the blue that there are other people like him. Um, yeah. And I feel like because Annie came first before Rhina, it just made him all the more like, you've been against us and I'm done with you. Like, yeah, whatever self-doubt I had before, I know you're not on our side. Um. There's also the second monologue that I want to bring up um, because you can really feel. So we see in the first monologue where Aaron put Rhina on a pedestal. And now this is how he totally feels about him. It's when he's on the ground healing after he kind of like got hit by Rhina. And he just was like, hey, Rhina, asshole, I don't know what kind of face you're making right now, but I hope you miserable pieces of shit are pleased with yourselves. I bet I could scour through the history of mankind and not find anyone a fraction as evil. You should be erased. Trash like you shouldn't be allowed to exist. 
what was going on in your head, you disgust me. Just thinking about your face makes my insights churn. You make me want to puke. You're a pest, a revolting, oversized pest, and pests have to be exterminated. Like, you can just tell that now he feels like Rhina, who was once amazing, is now just, like, below the scum of the earth. Like, no one could be as evil as Rhina. It just, like... I, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is such a serious moment. And I'm just thinking about this, and I'm like, as a real-life person, I could never be this way. Like, oh, yeah! I, I just don't know if that quickly like within how many hours that I just feel like this person went from a pedestal to the scum of the earth like I had a roommate that was super super terrible and it took me months <laughs> to finally like decide yep you're terrible <laughs> like oh. I'm not gonna give you any second chances <laughs> and we lived together like for a while <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Well, here's the truth. I have also had those friendships that kind of end badly or, you know, in a sour way because, you know, just true color show and, you know, you're like, maybe you're not as nice of a person as I thought you were. Trust me. I've had some roommates that are like, hmm, I relate to that, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) But this is just, like, the most extreme form of, like, brothers in arms and, like, the best of friendship and trust to complete bitter enemies. Like, I don't think any of us with real-life friendships could ever compare, but this is, like, so to the extreme. Super. (laughs) (laughs) sorry I'm just laughing because you talked about your roommate and then I'm laughing because now I'm thinking about one of my (laughs) recent old roommates and I'm like we are not friends I have a whole theory uh based on this friend former friend (laughs) so yeah maybe I'll bring it up later in if someone asks me about my theories but uh yeah but um Oh my gosh, I just sound like a valley girl when I say, but, um, but, um, sorry guys. You're all good. (laughs) Now, uh, we see, but we see that it's not just Aaron who feels upset. I know that we've talked about Aaron, but I mean, with the rest of the scouts, this also deeply impacts them because I feel like with the scouts, especially them over the garrison, over the MPs. It's like the scouts have to bond and trust each other. Trust that each other, each person will have their back, will do their job, will stop at nothing to take a Titan out, you know, for the sake of humanity. Like, they have to have such a deep trust with their comrades over the garrison, over the MPs. And I feel like their anger and sense of betrayal is also shown, um, maybe not as prominently as Aaron, but we see that Mikasa was so quick 
to swing those knives at their heads to decapitate them. Like, that was her oh. goal. Yep. Um, and she blames herself for hesitating. And, you know, understandably so. Like, we know that Mikasa is fearless, ferocious, incredible at ODM gear and the blades. And yet she is like, I hesitated. And I feel like that speaks volumes for just like that little head trip that went in her head for that brief moment that these are her, these are her people. I know that she doesn't yeah. say it in those words, but she hesitated. And where does that hesitation come with a person like Mikasa? It has to be because she just has this, had this sense of disbelief for a moment and then we see Hanji, who, you know, we always see so happy to talk about science and discovery. And, you know, we'll laugh and joke probably the most out of any of the characters. And, like, she could be chomped at by a titan and she'll just laugh and be like, oh, Sonny, you're hilarious, you know? Yeah, exactly. But now it's like now that Raina and Berthold have shown who they are, she yells and is like soldiers prepare to attack the colossal doesn't walk away from this it's a threat to all mankind swarm and terminate like she won't even turn she was like refusing to terminate sonny and bean and yet these traitors she's like no questions asked take him out like that's yeah. so unlike hanji oh for sure and there's also the point where Bertolt throws in Emir and this other scout into his mouth. And, like, any sort of doubt with the scouts, like, maybe we can reconcile something. Like, as soon as he did that, you know, we obviously know he didn't eat Emir. But as soon as he put them in his mouth, it was like... The swarm of scouts were coming. They were like, uh-uh, you're going to do this to your own? We will take you out. It's yeah. like... It, it shows you the camaraderie and the closeness of the scouts and how they have had to rely upon each other to keep each other safe. And in this moment, you can see how everybody's trying to do their best to protect those. And... To see Bert Holt, who has been in those similar situations, betraying to such an extent. Yeah, it's uh, pretty telling, in my opinion. Exactly. And it's like, I don't want it to seem like they're just turning on a dime to take him out. But it's like, for them, that was such a shock and betrayal. Like, they thought it was just Annie. And Annie wasn't really theirs. Annie was an MP. You know? But here it is. One of their... Well, two of their own. Yeah. And, you know, I can only imagine how much of a shock that would be. And how that would... That sense of betrayal would fuel them to just take them out. You know? We know that they weren't successful. But, at least for now. But, um... It wasn't just Aaron who felt so deeply hurt. I think you can tell by how Mikasa acts, how Hanji acts. 
and you know the rest of the scouts definitely i would 100 percent agree with that mm-hmm. i do find it ironic though <laughs> that annie inadvertently helped aaron overpower rhina <laughs> I I did just get a kick out of that because, you know, Aaron learned from the enemy how to take down the enemy who were allies to each other. I mean, like, you couldn't write that better. And Aaron Aaron even says that in, like, part of his dialogue. He's like... Maybe you shouldn't show your enemy how to overpower you or something to that extent. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But and then he like rams his head into Reiner's stomach or something like that. It was just it was perfect. Oh, my gosh. It really was. I know. So perfect. Um, Let's just move on to things that we liked. Obviously, that was one of them. Sam, do you have one that you loved? Um, so I have some comments on ones that you have liked, but then the the one that I that was kind of separate from what you have said is I just really love a good underdog moment. Oh, um, me with too. Aaron and Reiner fighting, like mm-hmm. it's just super great to see those moments when the fight turns around. Like you can kind of feel it coming, right? Because Aaron's like our main character. You're waiting for like him to succeed but man when it happens it's still such a freaking great feeling oh 100 percent, 100% I loved it so much and I mean all that rage I guess it Pays worked off. in his favor <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of Aaron's unbridled rage for me one of the things that I loved was when Hanji gives you know Aaron in his Titan form commands and then he just nods that he understands and Hanji completely blushes like it was probably Hanji's wildest dreams come true like at that (laughs) moment (laughs) and all the chaos yeah exactly okay so this is where I had a comment on what you said because as I was watching the show I was like has this ever happened before and this is what I'm talking about so he acknowledges uh their comments Mm-hmm. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that this is the first time that we've seen somebody interact with Aaron and um, with, sorry, with Aaron's Titan without him being hostile towards them. Huh. Like, Hanji is literally on his shoulder having a conversation. Yeah. He's just looking at them. Like, I'm trying to think through the different times because... I think you're right. Like when Aaron was on his, or not Aaron, Armin was on his shoulders trying to wake him up. Like Armin almost got thrown off. And if he hadn't anchored himself, there was that. He also tried to whack Mikasa. Yeah. Back in trust. Yeah. I, yeah. And all other, all other circumstances, like people that had been around him, like there's the time where Levi was saving him and Mikasa, him when he was in his Titan form and Mikasa when he puts the boulder in the wall, but nobody was like extremely, extremely close to him or trying to have a conversation with him. Yeah. Or on him or anything. Right. And then another big moment when he was a Titan was with the female Titan, but he was just interacting with the female. By the time Mikasa got there, 
Annie had already bitten into his neck and got Aaron out. So yeah, yeah, I feel like this is the first like big moment, you know, aside from experiments, but in a real like combat situation where someone is actually interacting with Aaron in his Titan form and he's not hostile. Huh. I like that, Sammy. (laughs) So I wanted, I wanted to, Bring that up and see what you said. But now that we have both kind of agreed that this is, we are pretty sure the first time that this has actually happened. I think that this episode is a very good point where we are seeing Aaron's Titan kind of evolve. Um, right. Because we're seeing this interaction with Hanji. I feel like we're also hearing more dialogue from mm-hmm. Aaron, like while he's in his Titan form, much more coherent dialogue. Like instead of flashbacks, we're hearing like his inner, inner words a mm-hmm. lot more. Um, and here's the other thing that I noticed is that if you look when he's attached to his Titan, he's no longer attached like with muscles over his eyes, like they're below his eyes and that's why we're seeing like the different markings around his eyes when he kind of separates but like he's now able to fully see in his titan form and so i feel like there's an evolution that way as well like his connection and being able to be more himself while in his titan form too (gasps) i didn't even notice that i'm gonna have to pay attention more to the when the where the muscles connect because i wonder if that is an intentional like signal that he's evolving with more control ooh yeah. that's very interesting i also wanted to point out that despite aaron being in his rage mode we've seen aaron in his blind rage mode when he like just attacks mikasa here yeah. he's in a blind rage mode against Rhina. Well, it's not really blind rage. He's in rage mode, but he's in control of that rage, which is yeah, like he's not in a, he's not acting on it with other people. It is strictly focused on Reiner. Exactly. Oh my goodness! So much development has happened with Aaron. In just this time. I didn't even realize that. Oh my gosh. That was yeah. so good. Well. Um, the last thing that I liked about this segment was. Um, well. I want to know who won the fight. Annie or Mikasa. I yeah. love <laughs> that Jean bet on Mikasa. And. Um, I have to say though. I was shocked when Annie said. It's a method for normal people. Not sure why you would want to learn it. Still, I'm curious to know if it works on animals. Like, how dare Annie basically insinuate that Mikasa's an animal or a beast? Like, how dare she? <laughs> Did you catch that? I was so mad for Mikasa. And I'm like, I hope Mikasa kicked her ass. <laughs> I remember so I don't remember exactly what she said I remember being like oh what did she say 
But I remember being like, that sounded like that was an insult for sure. 100%. Also, I realized yeah. with, you know, my quoting Aaron and his rage mode, I'm like, maybe this episode's a little explicit. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but let's be honest. Like, if you're watching Attack on Titan, uh, you don't have you're a problem with anyway. language. Yeah, you're not <laughs> having a problem with language. So, you know, but yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe um, our carriers of the podcast will care i don't know if you're watching attack on titan you don't have a problem with it (laughs) but um i wanted to point this out um in just kind of a bridge to past episodes okay because connie seems kind of shocked like he i don't want people to think that commie commie connie is dumb even though we know he's a little you know, right. not sharp. Um, yeah. I don't want people to think he's dumb for saying, you know, for asking about Rhina and Bertolt and saying, you know, oh, like, they don't have ODM gear. We have to find them and bring them back. Like, he hasn't clued in that, hey, the Colossal and the Armored are him. It's because, like, he was too far away, one, to hear Rhina and Bertolt and Aaron's conversation. Right. And he wasn't right there to see the transformation. And so, and on top of that, he also wasn't privy to the plan in getting them back to trust. He literally just got back from a horrific night at the castle. He sleep deprived. Exactly. So I don't want people to think like, wow, what an idiot. Um, you know, although he's so lovable, I highly doubt people think that, but just in case, you know, um, no. And I think that that's a good thing to point out. Yeah. Like he genuinely believes they are his friends and that they are who they are and that they're good people. And that breaks my heart for him and others. But, you know, (laughs) (sighs) we obviously know that's going to change, but I just wanted to point that out. Well, should we move on to episode eight? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Okay, everybody, we are moving on to episode eight, titled The Hunters, and we are going to have Megan give our summary. Okay, so the Colossal Titan falls over the wall, which allows for the Armored Titan to break free from Eren and then to get Aaron free from his Titan. The gust of wind and steam from the fall nearly knocks over everyone who was hanging on the wall, and those above could do nothing to save Aaron. Bertolt, we see, climbs out of his Titan form with the ODM gear that he had gotten from one of the scouts that he'd swallowed while holding onto a mirror and uses that gear to jump onto the armored Titan and, you know, all of them escape with Aaron. We then get a flashback of Aaron, Mikasa, and Armin when they were younger. Aaron was always ready to fight and he would often chase down the bullies until, you know, they paid for what they did. And <laughs> when Mikasa wakes up, she's very upset and asks, you know, why is it that Aaron always seems to end up somewhere where they are not to Armin? And Hannes sees the two and he shares food and comforting words with them. And he says, 
He needs us. What do you say we stick to what we know? It ain't the good old days, lest the three of you are back together. <laughs> Freaking honest. Heartbreak. <laughs> I know. And back in Trost, Commanders Pixis and Ervin are informed about the breach, well, the non-breach in Wal- uh, Walrose and the situation about the 104th Cadet Corps. And the state of Section Commandy, uh, Section Commandy, Section Commander Hanji's team. I'm just like blurring words together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And when Commander Ervin arrives, they create a plan to rescue Aaron and Amir. And when Aaron wakes up, he's in the trees and he and Amir are slowly healing and growing back their missing limbs and Rhina and Bertolt are there too. And Rhina almost cheerfully says to them, You're awake. Welcome back. Punch you in the face, Rhina. <laughs> I know, you jerk. <laughs> How dare you say welcome back to me all cheerfully after what you yeah. did? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess getting into our themes, I felt like. Does anybody, I mean, a lot of people probably know this song, but that song that says, I get knocked down, (gasps) I get up again. Yes! (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh man, I love it so much. Now it's going through my head. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a good song. But I felt like that was our theme uh, for this episode. I felt like getting back up again was something that we see as a repeating thing that people are doing. So I just wanted to kind of like point out a couple of different times that we've seen this. Mm -hmm. Um, We see... um, Sorry, I got lost in train of thought. Um, (laughs) No worries. Even with Rhina pinned, he is still... Even with Aaron pinning down Rhina, we... We still see that Rhina is, like, trying to exhaust every avenue that he can to get away and get away with what he needs with Bertolt. Um, And that's kind of the same thing that's happened with Annie in the past when Aaron has fought her. Like she uses every ounce of effort and strategy. And I feel like Reiner is definitely trying to do that with Bertolt when he yells and yells for help, yells for distraction that allows them to fully get away with Aaron and Amir and have no one following right away. Right? Yeah, literally takes the whole crew on his back, gets back up, it's, and carries yeah. the team away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> literally carries the team after he gets back up. Um, <laughs> then we see Mikasa's flashback when she's kind of like concussed. Um, she's having the, her flashback about Aaron getting into a fight with the bullies over Armin's food being stolen. And then he just keeps getting bashed over and over and over (sighs) again and just does not give up. Like he is really trying to make a point saying like, you just need to do this because it's the right thing. So it doesn't matter how many times that you knock me down. Like I'm going to get back up and I'm going to tell you again. And again, and again, and I'm then I'm going to chase after you, even when, like, <laughs> the garrison police are coming, or maybe it's the MPs, I don't even know, are coming to, like, grab everybody. He's just like, nope, come back, and runs after him. Like, <laughs> relentless. 
absolutely relentless. Um, then we have Hannes mention that he wants to keep fighting so that he can get back to his lazy life that he had before because it means that they were in a peaceful time. And that one was kind of a different getting back up again, right? Like he's kind of getting back up again so that he can settle back into his seat. <laughs> to sit back down. But, you know, yeah. it'll be sitting back down on his choosing, not knocked down on his butt, but placing his butt, you know, yeah, which is kind different. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, that is, that's a really interesting point because he wants it to be of his own choice to be. Mm-hmm lazy and i think that him like he's really fighting for that comfort right and mm-hmm. um and i think we see hannes as like we've said before that old way of life mm-hmm. and he's really trying to have that resurgence of the old way of life because it's comforting it's nostalgic it's safety um mm-hmm. and so he's getting back up again to try to ensure that safety again Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of going back to Mikasa's flashback and with Hannes, Hannes also makes a point to say that Aaron always fought and got back up. And shouldn't they do the same thing if he's willing to do it even when he has no chance of winning? If that makes (sighs) sense. Hannes literally said all the words that those two needed to hear. Yeah. He was just perfect in every way. Um, Yeah, because you can see that it completely destroyed them. The fact that Mikasa, who's concussed, is like, holy freaking crap. We cannot let them escape. We cannot let them take Aaron. And it almost puts her at this brink of despair because she's like, hope is lost. But Hannes yeah. is like, no, he's going to fight, which means that we have to do the same. We have to fight for him. And that was just enough of a comfort for both Mikasa and Aaron, our Armin to be like, yeah, we will do this for our friend. I mean, oh, the perfect words. The perfect yeah, words. Hannes is just like that dad. That dad that everybody needed. Like that uncle. Oh, yes. Well, and let's be on. Okay, I was going to say this for what I liked, but literally, he is the last connection to their childhood that they have. And I feel like it's only Hannes who could have said those words, and it would actually successfully comfort those two. It could have been anyone else who would say those things to them. But the fact that it came from Hannes, who has literally seen it all with that trio... That it yeah. literally gave them the comfort and the strength and resolve that they would get Aaron back. So, yeah, way to go, Hannes. Yeah, he's he's so great. <laughs> um, then we have sorry, <laughs> no, but continue. Uh, then, we have, <laughs> then we have Armin asking Historia to stay behind, and she says no. That she has a reason to fight again. So she's getting back up. She has a mirror that she is looking to get back to help. And then we have Connie who reiterates the same thing, but he doesn't know why or what's <laughs> motivating him. He's like, I'm still trying to figure that out, but I know that something's motivating me. I need to get back up and keep going. Yep. I need answers. 
You know, yes, exactly. I need to I need to hear it from the horse's mouth that this is actually true. Yeah. Yeah. And I and just with all of these examples, I wonder is this getting back up again? Is this the mentality that these scouts just have to have to be in the scouts? Like, oh is this gosh. something that they have acquired or is this a trait or not a trait, but like a, a mentality that the scouts look for and are just like, yeah, you can join the scouts. Like you, you have what we need. I feel like this mentality of never give up and, you know, keep getting up is just like a really great trope for a ton of animes, but Attack yeah. on Titan is such a unique anime where it doesn't really fit many tropes. Yeah. But I feel like, yes, I I do think that to survive the scouts and to continually, like, put your faith in these recon missions to go out beyond the walls, you know, constantly, I feel like you do have to have that special mentality of getting back up. Especially because, you know, everyone... Who's comfortably behind the walls say they're crazy. The MPs, you know, have their cushy job and they think they're, you know, crazy. I feel like, yeah, to be a scout, this is one of their unique traits that, you know, really belongs to them. They have to have it. Otherwise, I feel like just the guilt of surviving, the anxiety of facing death yet again it would be too paralyzing if they didn't have yeah. this. I I agree. And I, I, I wanted to point that out because it, I mean, we have all of these examples and I'm like, you know what? I just, I think this is just what they need to survive. Like to be able to continue on, they need to have this get back up again mentality um, or else you're not going to have any scouts left after their first mission. Or whatever. Like, their first mission with Titans, they go there. And if they don't get killed, they won't come back. And so you kind of have to have that mentality. Something that's that's pushing you to continue on. To be better. To do better. And make things better. 100%. I love that you brought it. Sammy, I really love this theme, actually. Because... Literally every single person on all sides of the argument has had to get back up again um, and to continue fighting. Oh, I love that. I'm actually currently obsessed with um, a song called Get Up by (laughs) (laughs) T-Pain. Okay. It's so good. Maybe we need to make like a never give up little bit weebish playlist because I feel like these would be the playlists that Aaron would listen to, that Naruto would listen to, that, <laughs> you know, Asta would listen to, like, you know, the never give up squad. <laughs> yeah. You know, keep getting it. good to me. But, um, yeah, I keep having T-Pain go, get up, dun, 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 get up, you know, <laughs> in my head. <laughs> oh, too good. Oh, Love this theme. Okay, well, we're going to end it, (laughs) and we're going to go to what we liked. Uh, Do you want to start off with yours? Oh my goodness, there are actually quite a few things that I loved. Again, 
Hannes's theme to Sasha or to Mikasa and Armin. I just feel like, again, just it was so comforting coming from someone from their childhood. Uh, You know, and when I read the manga at this exact scene, sobbing, tears. And then I watched the anime, again, more sobbing and tears. It's like, this is not the first time I'm watching this scene. And yet, (laughs) here I am, crying like a baby for them. Um, But, oh my goodness. Commander Irvin, like, I know he's not the star of the show, but holy freaking crap, sometimes I forget how much of a badass he is. When he came to Hanji's team with all this, the fleet of the horses on the freaking wall, (laughs) I was just like, you are incredible. How come I keep having to be reminded how incredible you are like it was just so good it was so good yeah like i i i just love it j michael tatum i love commander airman <laughs> um i am so happy that you like j michael tatum oh my I, gosh I converted you <laughs> one trillion percent he's the He's the voice actor where I feel like he just can't be typecasted. He just understands the assignment and delivers yeah. in every single freaking role. Yeah. Oh, he's incredible. Um, but <laughs> that was not in my notes. I just love him so much. <laughs> the last thing, though, that I really, really loved um, was when Armin tells Historia, like, hey, I feel like you should stay behind And she's like, nice try, but I'm not. And Connie, (laughs) he was like, we're in this together, Armin. You're not special. Everyone has reasons for going. Still trying to process mine. Um, You know, and because he wants to hear it from Rhina and Bertolt. And we can just see how he deals with this news of betrayal. And for him, it's like... It's either definite denial or he just wants to hear it straight from the source. And I think that that's just sweet and heartbreaking that he just is giving his friends that chance to to explain themselves, to defend themselves. I feel like that just really speaks to Connie's nature. Yeah. And it's just really precious. Um, Also, I I was... I feel like this is... Sorry, oh, keep, oh no, keep going. I was going to complain about Historia for a brief moment, so you keep going. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like the way Connie's acting with Bertolt and Reiner is the way that Aaron felt about Annie. Like, let's just give mm. them, like, maybe maybe we're just not understanding, like, their motives or, you know, whatever. Good point. Good it's, it's, point. It's that same kind of, just like, I just want to give them, like, one last chance, you know? Yep, let's hear them and out. It's, it's sweet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I know this is a section where we liked it, but ugh, I was so frustrated with Historia. <laughs> I'm like, Historia, we literally discovered that you seem to be important to understanding the walls and what's behind the walls, which connects to potentially saving humanity in addition to Aaron. Let's not lose you in this freaking battle. Like, <laughs> I was just so annoyed 
but in that moment because I was like we're supposed to feel like you're important and care about you I'd yeah. hate for you to die on this stupid mission not to save Aaron but to save stupid Amir oh my gosh drives me freaking nuts but to be fair I'm like Historia is not doing anything different than what Mikasa would do for Aaron right you know so it's like definitely I gotta cut her some slack but at the same time I'm like Oh my gosh, it's literally not to save Aaron. You know, right. it's, you know, it's not to save humanity at all. Humanity's not at stake if we save Ymir, but whatever. <laughs> oh, had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Sam, what did you like? Um, So I was just going to say we can move on to bridge to past episodes. I didn't find anything, but it looks like you have some, some things to say about... Oh, well, I did have a little bit. This is not a spoiler. This is more just like of a hint to potentially future episodes. Just a Megan hunch, if you will. <laughs> but um, when Mikasa and Armin are talking about how even as a child, Aaron would always go off and be away from them. It yeah. makes me wonder... If this is going to allude to how things will end with Aaron. Again, this is not a spoiler. Like, I have no freaking clue. I have not read up to the manga toward the end. Like, I want this to be clear. I'm not trying to hint at anything. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, okay, is this alluding to him being alone? Either alone and away from Mikasa and Armin, or just alone in general with no one to help him. You know, I'm not sure which it is, but between that convo and then the added dialogue with Hannes saying, speaking of which, this seems to be familiar. You two have always been running around doing damage control for that little hothead since the good old days, if I recall correctly. Doesn't seem very fair, but what do I know? Different times, different places, same problem. Not exactly what I call a healthy relationship, am I wrong? You know, he did take the time to throw that in, like, hey, maybe this isn't really healthy for you guys. You know, <laughs> in addition yeah. to his comfort, his comforting message, but it does make me feel like maybe this will be either a continual problem for this trio or one that we see at the very end. I don't know. Just a Megan hunch. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Or maybe it's just something that they need to resolve in the future. Like, this is coming up. We need to point this out. Maybe they will talk about it and maybe this will be fixed. I don't know. Right. Maybe but that's a really good point. Yeah, maybe the trio will sit down and have a little, you know, chat, a little heart to heart, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah, should we move on to episode nine? Let's go for it. Yay! Welcome back. So now we are going to talk about episode nine. The title is opening. Sam, will you give us our summary? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> enthusiasm <laughs> yeah i i just feel like this was an episode of information dumping with lots of vagueness 
<laughs> Which is what Attack on Titan is just just loves to do. Right. Oh my gosh, especially with this. Oh man, this oh. episode. Whew. Yeah, so Aaron wakes up to see Amir, Reiner, and Bertolt standing near him. Uh Amir further on the on the branch a little bit further on the same branch as him and then Reiner and Bertolt on like a completely different tree it seems like <laughs> yeah um, Aaron starts getting mad saying that he's going to leave when Amir shows him what their surroundings look like at the moment and she's like hey if you try to get away there's all of these titans below that are just gonna like not on you yeah and- not a good idea buddy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then she's like, and then Rainer and Berthold have like the ODM gear. We don't have that. So mm-hmm. they're also going to like come and get us anyway. So like, let's just stay put. Um, Which is, it was just like a very awesome moment with Amir to me because I'm like, no longer are we seeing her necessarily in like just the, this, this scope of she's a mean girl. Like, we're seeing that she's actually very intelligent, and... Oh, my goodness. She's trying to help him out. Very aware. Like, I don't know if it's because she doesn't have to be a certain person. Well, I don't know if it's because she doesn't have to pretend anymore, or if it's because Krista's not there, slash Astoria... I don't know what it is, but she is way more helpful and incredibly smart at, like, noticing her surroundings and being like, yeah, "Yeah, maybe dial it down. That's not a good strategy, buddy. (laughs) Like, let's just wait and see. Like, very smart. Yeah. No, I I was here for it. (laughs) But then... (laughs) Uh, then Reiner starts dissociating, thinking that he's still in good with the scouts, like oh, that everything's man. just normal. Yep. Um, that Aaron and him are still buddies that confide in one another. And Aaron's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but Amir gets Bertolt to snap Reiner out of it, and Reiner just starts bawling. Oh. Um Reiner, or sorry, Aaron finds out that Bertolt felt bad for Aaron when he shares his story about his mom, which makes Aaron really angry, like Mm -hmm. really angry for the pity. Then Amir figures out that Reiner and Bertolt are trying to make their way to wherever the Beast Titan is with like all of her reasoning and deducing. And Reiner tries to recruit Amir to come with them by promising to get Historia back for them. Oh my gosh. I mean, this episode was so, it was kind of all over the place, but it was so good. Um, Actually, it's kind of funny because the voice actor for Rhina said that when he was reading his lines, he was like, this doesn't make any sense. And then he's like, oh, I'm having a mental or psychotic break. Like, yeah, you know, and it's just like it's makes zero sense but you can see how unraveled this is all becoming um yeah because Rhina has had to believe this double agent life like he's truly believed it and it's biting him in the butt you know um but yeah for me I just thought it was so poignant when (laughs) 
Arm or Aaron is just screaming, "Who's the real enemy?" Yeah, and Amir just goes, "Well, I don't know, you know." And I feel like all of us can join Amir at this point and say, "At this point, maybe we don't know either," because yeah. Bertolt, Rina, and Annie seem to have been against Aaron and humanity. And yes. then there's Amir, who's trying to pick which side she should be on. We could probably throw in the wall cultists, too, with Amir, because they don't really seem to be willing to help anyone except for themselves and their religion. Yeah. Granted, we've also discussed, you know, is it a secret or is it sacred? You know, we've touched on that argument before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the Attack on Titan world, we've been told, air quotes around told, who to root for, who we want to succeed, or at least not die from the bad guys. We've been told the whole time that it's the Titans. So let's just look at this from what we know so far as okay. we kind of unpackage or try to sort out who's the real enemy. <laughs> so first we see that in this process of being a double agent, Rhina is clearly having his mental break. He has believed both lives completely. And it's caused this war within himself. And poor Bertolt, like I know it's hard to have sympathy for someone like Bertolt, but he has had to watch his friend suffer. Yeah. And on top of that, be on guard with anything that could go wrong with him. To jump in defense of him. Because yeah. his friend is not well. Yeah. We know that Bertolt, Reina, and Annie have been actively against the Scouts slash humanity. But we don't know the means or to what end. And then there's the Beast Titan, who we know is the direct cause of the attack at the castle, among other things. And when, or when Amir asks them about it, she's like, I could tell that to Reina and Bertolt, he's almost like a legend to you guys. And that he yeah. is your ticket home. And this makes me wonder why the Titans are actively fighting against the humans. What is so terrible that could cause this level of strategy and manipulation and yeah. infiltration. And obviously, if they need to go home, like, where is home? And why are you leaving your home to come at us, come at humanity and try to, you know, rid, you know, take us all out? Like, what is yeah. so big that, well... We have other hints from just conversations that they're having throughout this episode that it just like are kind of snuck in. Like Amir talked, um, Bertolt at one point asks Amir, so how long were you outside of the walls? And as Aaron's blacking out, she says, I was outside of the walls for like 60 years. And then we also hear 
Reiner, when he's talking to Amir, saying like, this world is doomed. He's not saying humanity is doomed. He's saying this world is doomed oh to die or fail or something like that. And so this sounds much bigger than just even this world. And so it sounds like whatever Reiner and Berthold are trying to go to, is it on this planet? And is that why the Beast Titan looks so different? Or is that why he's kind of a legend to them, like, that they've never seen before? Like, what? Oh, my goodness. Really good point. I feel like that just shows that Reina and Bertolt, even though they're these important-looking titans compared to the rest, they're they're just cogs in this big, huge machine that we don't really know what it is or to what purpose yeah. it is. They're literally just cogs in the machine. Right. They they specifically call each other warriors. And, like, in hierarchies, warriors are just soldiers, too. They're not mm-hmm. saying, like, you are a, I don't know, like, a lord or a tr- tribe leader. Like, they are saying warriors, which are just... Like, and that makes you think, just like you said, are they lower on the scale? And we just think that they're amazing and like kind of crazy. Like who is commanding them to do this? Oh my gosh. Good point, Sammy. Well, I mean, that wasn't even in my notes. That was so good. But um, more stuff that I observed though was like when... Aaron asks them what they thought when he was telling them about his mom when the day di- when mm-hmm. the Titans came. Yeah. Bertolt said that he felt sorry for him. To me, that shows that Bertolt felt empathy. And to Aaron, of course, he was like, you both are psychotic mass murderers, not warriors or soldiers. But to feel sorry for someone, that would mean that they feel empathy. And Someone yeah. who's psychotic cannot feel empathy um, yeah. or the ability to understand how someone feels. And those are real human emotions. So can Bertolt and the people on his side be that bad, you know, yeah. or, you know, does it make it worse that they felt that way, but still went along with their plan despite the bonds that they were making with their friends? Like, Yeah, and here's the thing, like, if you, it's hard to take what Aaron says to heart, because he is so pendulum, like, he swings on a pendulum so fast. I mean, we talked about this in the last episode, or the last Attack on Titan episode, sorry, episode um, eight or seven. Seven? Yeah. Yeah. that he just like swung super fast on Reiner. Like, and how oh. he felt like we're brothers. Now we are complete enemies. And so for him to say, like, you are psychotic mass murderers after Bertolt has said that he's sorry, like, I don't, because of the way Aaron acts, like, I don't know if I feel the same way i'm also not in aaron's situation so <laughs> yeah our moms <laughs> have not been eaten by titans so exactly there's that yeah um but yeah like i just feel like 
you know, despite what Aaron is screaming at them, the fact that Bertolt felt sorry for him speaks volumes with that empathy, that feeling to understand. And then, like I said, when Aaron screams, who is the enemy? And Amir says, couldn't say. Yeah, It's kind of true because we have been on humanity's side all the way up until now. Yeah. You know, we are team Aaron, team scouts, team humanity. And yet this whole, these past few episodes have made us probably be like, holy smokes. Like our, like what is really happening? Why is this so bad? That these Titans would come after the humans. I don't know. Does this change anything for you, Sam? Or are you still like, nope, Team Aaron, 100%, Rhina and Aaron, or Rhina and Bertolt, dead to me? Like, I don't know. Does it change things for you? Um, that's a really good question. I don't, I guess maybe let me talk through it. And we can see. Yeah, talk through it. Yeah, let's talk yeah. it out. Because, <laughs> like, okay, you mentioned before Bertolt and, like, having to struggle through this. Like, he's the quiet one, right? We don't hear yep. much from him. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned that he's had to, like, kind of carry Reiner in his psychotic breaks throughout this whole thing, unbeknownst to us as the viewers up until now. And so he's had to struggle with that. Then he also, and he's struggling and keeping them there instead of like running back home. Right. Then he's also having to deal with not being around Annie and yep, finding out that she's been taken captive and that, you know, all of these things. I don't and think they not- know. Do they know about Annie now? I thought for sure that, I don't know. They, I they remember, back and forth. Well, back at the wall, Rhina had slipped that he almost got taken out by Annie. A.K.A. Annie's the art, or female titan. A.K.A. But he's he not supposed, supposed to know that. that. And okay, then so they changed. So I don't think that they know that Annie's taken captive. Okay, so l- let me back up on that. We find out that Bertolt likes Annie. Mm-hmm. Correct. So he's at least separated from the person that he likes, leaving them alone. In enemy territory. In enemy territory. So we have these two people that are fighting for a cause that is putting people that they love in danger and like this mental state and for them to stay and try to try to fight through it during this time. Like, what is it that's, motivating them that's worth that more than what they're going through like the hell that they're going through now and so it like makes me kind of feel for them i don't know i also just remembered that they're teenagers sam like yeah like they're not 18 i feel like they're maybe 15 or 16 maybe 17 but i feel like that's pushing it so 15 or 16 that is still a lot. Oh my gosh. So I, I, I guess I do feel for them mm-hmm. to a certain extent until I see like what their motivations are that 
but that might sway me one way or another being like, that's not worth it. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And maybe, maybe we will understand fully like what Reina and Bertolt's side is fighting for. And we can hate that side, but I feel like we can't fully hate Reina and Bertolt and Annie because I feel like this just proves that they're just cogs in the wheel, cogs in the machine, you know? Yeah. Gosh, I would hate to be them. That so sucks. But um, enough (laughs) of the downer, though. (laughs) Let's move on to what we liked. Sam, why don't you tell us what you liked first? Okay, well, going back to the sad, I guess. Um, oh, no! I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed seeing Reiner's mental breakdown, and I will tell you why. I love it when we see things, when we see flawed characters that relate to the real world. I've started reading oh. books recently that are very similar, like Six of Crows, where, where we see, like gambling addictions and uh we see somebody with some severe ptsd and like a sexual assault survivor and i and i not saying that i like that those bad things happen to characters or people Mm -hmm. but i feel like when people have an outlet that relates to them it's that much more meaningful Mm -hmm. and reiner's mental breakdowns just really hit home like anxiety is a very big part of my life and I feel like this is very anxiety stemmed. Um, mm-hmm. And I just really like seeing how Holt is trying to corral him back to the present time and having him be quote unquote warrior Reiner. I think it's very interesting. I think it's very relatable to a lot of people and just seeing their coping mechanisms, the way that they're able to cope. Yeah. Just the way that they're able to cope and then seeing real emotion from somebody who's been so both of them have been so stoic Yes. It's just amazing. I, I, I really do love it. Uh, well, and to take such, let's be honest, Rhina was so, you know, boy wonder. Yeah. It almost made him one dimensional up until this moment. And now we see, oh, he is far more complex of a character than we originally thought. And I do believe that makes him more likable more endearing, more understanding of a character. And kind of like what you were saying. So this goes on to my next point of him, of him being more or less one dimensional. I feel like what I really liked also is we're seeing that Amir is becoming less one dimensional as well. We see different facets of her personality. She's not just the mean girl. Like I said before, she's very intelligent, very perceptive, And much more willing to be the team player. Right. I mean, I still can't believe that you and I both voted for her for MVP (laughs) last episode. But you're right. She's becoming way more um, complex of a character and not just the fart cloud that I commented on earlier. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I also really liked... Amir just like showcasing how smart and strategic she was. Um, for me, another thing that I really loved was Hannah's telling Mikasa while they were on horseback, uh, referring to arm or referring to Aaron. He said, "Kid doesn't have it in him to give up. All we got to do is have a little faith." Which 
we don't really hear that F word thrown around Yeah, in Attack on Titan. We don't hear the other F word either. (laughs) But we don't hear the Faith F word thrown around. And um, especially when it doesn't involve the wall cultists. So I feel like it was just kind of like a little sweet moment to hear this word in a very dark, dark world. So I just thought that that was very interesting of him to say. Very cool. Yeah. Now let's bridge to past episodes. Did you see anything? Cause I kind of noticed some things. Okay. Share, share. And I'll keep thinking. Cause I, my brain at that point was just so overwhelmed by all the information. Stuff that I was like, <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot, there was a lot. Um, but okay. In Rhina's mental break, we get this unclear flashback of Marco screaming, Rhina, what are you doing? And we assume that he's being pulled on and eaten by Titans. Annie's crying. Bertolt is like frozen with tears in his eyes. And Rhina is just staring, shocked, and asking, why is Marco being devoured? We are getting hints of what really happened to Marco. And we know that those three just, they know what's happened and they haven't said anything. I didn't even Uh, think about that. I just like blew past that. And I was just like, yeah, I saw that part. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that part in the past. Oh my hell. I didn't even realize. I I never saw that. I just was like, I, anytime Marco comes on, I get choked up. I'm, and the fact that this is obvious, like, we knew it was horsome, uh, horsome, horrible and gruesome, again, putting words together, because he got half-eaten by the Titan, but the fact that Annie, Bertolt, and Rhina are, like, frozen staring, and that line, Rhina, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, it's so haunting. I'm like not prepared to handle mm. this. If and- I would have remembered this, I probably wouldn't have said that <laughs> I am understanding of Reiner and Berthold because now they just watched one of our beloved characters die and they didn't oh. do a damn thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> kind I- of kidding, but kind of not. <laughs> I know. Seriously, I'm like, what the hell, you guys? Oh, I, I'm just not prepared. I know what we said. We reserve the right to change our minds in future episodes. Now, exactly. Now, the other thing that I noticed was there was a moment when Aaron realizes he can't escape, and he was like, "I need information." anything I can get when the moment comes break for it. But before I do that though, I need to keep my emotions in check, give myself a chance to recuperate. And I'm like, is he somehow learning the meaning of restraint from his previous counsel (laughs) from his mom and captain Levi? Oh man. It's such a minor hint, but I'm like, this is so out of character, out of pocket. This is literally showing restraint. Is he finally learning? (laughs) And with that, we can move on to MVP because I have no answers for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Now, Sam, why don't you 
Tell us your MVP. Okay. I just, I didn't decide until like we started this <laughs> episode together, but it's Hannes. Like oh he's making gosh. everybody have all the feels. And I just, uh, he's being that like sweet uncle that's just making everybody happy. So <sighs> he's, he's putting a pep in everybody's step, a little bit of faith, a little bit of trust. Oh, yeah. Well, Sam, uh, you and I are twins because I voted for Hannes, too. I just I can't imagine it going to anyone else besides Hannes because he comforted Mika-san Armin when they really needed someone to pull them out of their own fears Definitely. And he brought them food. He sat down with them and talked to them about their friend. You know, and I don't think this level of care has been given to them in a very long time. Since their home was destroyed and their families were brutally taken from them. I don't think anyone has really cared for them in that way in a very long time. You can tell he cares about the trio. And, you know, it's really nice to see how Hannes has grown from, you know, his drunk, freeloading waste of space, you know, to quote him, to him actually being a leader in the garrison. So, had to give it to him. Look at us being twins again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, you guys, that's a wrap for this episode. Hope you loved it. We would love to hear from you um, on littlebitweebish at gmail.com. Now, we are close, uh, closely approaching. Yes. Closely approaching. I don't know if that was grammatically correct. We are very close. (laughs) to the season finale uh season two only has 12 episodes like i don't know who made that call but we are super close so because of that we want to give episode 12 a special episode normally we cover three episodes so it would have been 10 through 12 but we want to make 12 a special episode so that means that next week we will only cover 10 and 11 but we will also add a little special something extra so no one feel gypped (laughs) just know that you have to watch episodes 10 and 11 for next week's episode yes please thanks so much for listening you guys are the best bye